all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Follow us. Insta X, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch, Blue Sky, and Threads at All Bad Things Pod. Email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Join our Facebook discussion group, our subreddit, and our Discord. Do all of those things. Ha, I'm getting better. Yes, you are. Hmm. What do, what doth you be drinking tonight? Well, last this, this fine fall evening, yes, or late summer evening. It's technically still summer. Yes, this episode is coming out on I think October 9th. Oh, <laughs> but wow. we are recording, yeah, we're recording quite a bit ahead. Right. This these are the Scotland recordings. Yes. The, Scot- <laughs> Prior the to, Scotland tapes. Yes. <laughs> Prior to um, me being out of town for a couple weeks, so we went in mid mid September. <laughs> To Virginia Beach, you which did. was my first time in Virginia Beach. Yes. It was fun. My first time in a while. And we visited New Realm Brewing. Mm-hmm. I had a really good tap room. Huge tap room. Yeah, especially the huge outdoors. Facility. Yeah. The whole uh-huh. place was, it was just... Stage, the y- whole thing. Huge. <laughs> huge. Huge, as they say. <laughs> and uh, they were... So, what was it? Two six-packs for six $8? Bags, something like that. Yeah. They had a special on Batwit Crazy. Because I remember thinking, like, wait, is that seven ninety five for a twelve pack of craft beer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sure. <laughs> like it doesn't sure. even have to be that good. No, it really, yeah, it could have been shit. It's cheaper than like, well, not quite cheaper than like Miller, but yeah, it is. That's. Yeah. I got you a twelve pack for eleven dollars today. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Quick math. <laughs> Mathing skills. Yes, it's a good thing I'm not an accountant or anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah it's not bad no it's, it's, it's not bad uh, with beer so it's it is new realm bat wit crazy mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. yes instead yep. of batshit crazy right yes. which most of our topics are <laughs> yes that's true that's true i also super excited managed to 10 days out of leaving for uh scotland Get my COVID booster. I'm so excited. This is the first. She's turned green. <laughs> no, all, all, no. All you, all my, your uh, anti-vaxxers the, out the there. The can is sticking to my arm because I'm magnetized. That's how she's drinking. She's just raising her bicep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Or actually, goodness. she's doing like a magneto kind of thing. Right. Like... <laughs> um, I mean, it would be really cool if your body is so... Well, <laughs> well yeah, Yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. You'd, you'd erase your cell phone. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Um, but this is, at least in the U.S., I'm not sure how this is being rolled out or if it's being rolled out in other countries, but um, be interested in hearing um, from anyone who lives outside of the States how, it, if and how... Uh, like seasonal boosters of the COVID vaccine are rolled out, being rolled out. But basically three and a half years, almost four years into this pandemic, we are finally to the point where what they said was eventually going to happen, where we get a seasonal booster like um, the flu shot. So I got my flu shot a couple weeks ago. This time it's the... Um, COVID booster, it came out just in time because we're obviously experiencing a surge of COVID. Yeah, and I do are. not want to get yeah. sick before having to get on a plane for international, many hours. For an international flight, mm-hmm. nonetheless. Uh, a within North America flight, eh, it'd probably be like, whatever. But like, you know. Well, I wouldn't want to be sick while traveling, period, right? Correct. So that's the main thing. And then I wouldn't want to be in public and... That's what I'm saying. Like within North America, at least it'd be like kind of close by. It would it would take a little of the edge off, but yeah, having to go across the pond. Literally. Well, we got health insurance. Did I tell you? I think you did actually. Yeah. So it's interesting because this is <laughs> this is my first time travel. Not my first time traveling internationally. Definitely my first time traveling internationally for this long, sure. and my first time out of out of North America. So 
uh, my dad and I were both, especially my dad, you know, he's in his 60s. We're like, what do you do for health insurance? And we looked it up and you can get travel health insurance. And these policies are hugely robust. It's like, uh, uh, like I think I paid like $30 and he paid like, a well, he's older. So what, like $100 for the whole trip. We basically have a million dollar deductible in no copay. <laughs> That's nuts. It would actually be better if we got sick over there. <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah. It, not for our vacation. No. <laughs> but, um. But just, just saying. Right. Right. So, yeah. Knock on wood, that won't happen. But, <clears throat> um. So, but, yes, for anyone who can get a hold of these boosters, you know, you know me and my rah rah vax thing. I'm, I've decided the opposite. It's of... just Pfizer trying to make a profit, man. It's fine. Well, it works. <laughs> well, the thing is, they don't need to make a profit when people um, fail to realize that the government was like, here, here's all this money. Right. Mm-hmm. Here's the <laughs> subsidy for it. Yeah. yeah. But they're, they're literally like guaranteed a profit. So this was my sixth total COVID shot. I had the two original, yeah, I think three boosters, and then this seasonal booster. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I there are plenty of people who are fully vaxxed, have been fully vaxxed, who have still gotten COVID. But, not for nothing, I have never tested positive for COVID. And I have tested for COVID every time I've not felt well. So... I personally think the vaccines have worked quite well for me. Hey, I made it. I made it what, like two years in a month. Yeah, yeah, you made it pretty far in <laughs> into the. And you've only gotten it once. A lot of people have gotten it multiple yeah. times now. Got it once that I know of. Right. Sure. But, well, that and we that's the of. other yeah. thing, right? There's an there's. It's entirely possible I got COVID and was asymptomatic, or somehow got like a false negative or something. Um, it's also possible that I've never had it. It's um, the main thing that I feel very good about doing is staying up to date on all my vaxes. And that's what I'm going to do. The opposite of vaccine hesitant, I've decided is vaccine eager. And I am vaccine eager. Like you shoot me up with whatever the fuck you want. I will take it. Well, speaking of, uh, uh, diseases out of control, the New York jets. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. This is going to be a little old by the time we get around to it. But I have to, I have to put this, we have to talk about this just to make it like a bit of a time capsule fair so aaron Rodgers lasted all of four plays well for those which, who <laughs> which is just, we do have some people who are not huge football fans or correct. actually don't know anything about football so it'll be more fun if you explain it actually. sure yes. sure okay so basically aaron Rodgers is like my age he's almost 40 and he's like a little older than me and i'm like by about maybe to turn a year 39. Yeah. yeah so he's like 39 um now in football yes, he, years he would have turned 40 Well, he will turn 40 during the season. Okay. So in football years, that's not young. That's actually the average career age of a football player is what, like three or four years? Three and a half years is So you're like 26 by the time you're done, basically. You retire at 26. So making it that long, that's a really long career. And he's still going. It's not like he's at the very end of his rope, (laughs) or is he? Um,. So he's also kind of a dipshit, just as a human. He's like a weird anti-vax guy. He's, he's, he oh, is. What he is for sure is he's a weird dude. And, but like an and ivermectin. Straddles, but right, but straddles that line of like dangerous weird and like not so fun weird. Yeah. Also, Shailene Woodley was way too good for him. Like, yeah, I, don't, I agree. I don't know how. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad she got out of that. But, um, shout out to Shailene. Yes, you can do so much better, Shailene. We know you listen. Um, but yeah, he is like alternative, but not in a fun way and like a weird and like you said, at the best borderline irresponsible way. Yeah. So, but he is very well known as a very good quarterback who he has won the Super Bowl. He has. Okay. He won it so early on that it kind of oh. let him off the hook forever. But it's mm. it was so long ago that people were like, "Are you gonna win another one?" Like there's, <laughs> yeah, like that's what the great ones do is eventually they yeah. win multiple ones, and and they, he's just they, Green Bay's never been back to the Super Bowl, and now he's with the Jets. Well, so this after we his darkness retreat, yes. <laughs> This guy. Little, little did we know he was going to have another darkness retreat. <laughs> this guy like meditated on the idea of, you know, 
oh, should I stay with this team I hate? Because he has, had started, like, really openly hating the Green Bay Packers. It's, yeah, it's complicated. Well, I mean, them. but it's management and stuff like that. And I don't think, there I don't think he had not, a, I'm not pro management yeah. or whatever. I don't think he had a beef with the fans or vice. The fans, no yeah. fair. Um, and then he decided he was going to go to the New York jets, the single worst franchise in the history of the NFL. And I mean, by worst, I don't mean worst in performance. I mean the worst as in sh- just shit humans. Now, if you are a Jets fan, (laughs) I will give you a pass because you listen to our show. Um, I will not give anyone else a pass, though. Basically, I'm a pseudo-Dolphins fan. You're a Bills fan. We both hate the Jets because they're in the same division. Whatever. We're all in the same division. Yes. As they say, J-E-T-S, suck, suck, suck. Anyway. Um... I was going to say so no long, offense, but whatever. Long, so, long story short. No, 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 I'm still oh, going. Okay. You told right. me to sell oh, it, right. so I'm telling it. Okay. Anyway, they they really suck, but they don't have a good quarterback. So they were like, hey, we're going to throw, what was it, $112 million at Aaron Rodgers? Anyway, it, was it was millions upon yeah. millions of dollars. And get him to play for our team, and we will win, and we will be so good, and that will be wonderful. So he took the money. He, like, paraded around New York on a little Goodwill tour of, like, oh, I'm I'm a normal guy eating right, pizza not, in New York. I'm not weird. I'm not a weirdo. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm a down-to-earth, you like know, I'm, I'm a joisy guy. Bought in with the team. I'm bought in with the region. Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's do this. Which, you know, credit to him. He knew he needed to do that. Right. He went on, like, a publicity yeah, tour or whatever. And then their season then... opener <laughs> against the, the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills. Uh... <laughs> we, don't, we don't drag the bills in, in this podcast. It's like Buffalo Mozzarella, no, you no, know? No. Uh, they The opening game was Monday night, September 11th, 2023. 22 years anniversary of September 11th, right? They do, like, the cheesiest ass thing and have Aaron Rodgers run out onto the field carrying an American flag because... September 11th. Everybody's well, I mean, it was, like it was in <laughs> in Jersey, but it was in the backyard of Ground Zero. Fair, yeah. but everybody was tweeting just like, "Oh, I got chills. This is so inspiring. This is so amazing. We're so excited." It which is just like you're pandering, heavily, heavily pandering. Anyway, the best part about this <laughs> is that four plays Four plays, which for those of you who don't watch football is a couple minutes into the game, Aaron Rodgers slipped. He didn't, well, he no, got no. tackled. No, he got sacked. But it was not badly. It wasn't. The guy it, went pretty easy on him. Yeah, it's not like a, it's not it like he got. It was a dirty play. Correct. It's not like he got jacked up or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just like, okay, he got tackled. Yep. Um. He, he, he got, he back, got up. Up, back up and yeah. then sat and then down. Just sat down on the on the turf and that, that's when I was like, "That's the end of a season." I was like, "I and I and I said it right there, did I not?" You did. I was like, because the only time you see a quarterback or a player do that is if it's a knee mm-hmm. or um, an ankle or an Achilles, right, or some sort of tear of something. I'm like, I'm like, if it was just like an ankle or something, mm-hmm. they could walk off. He would walk off, mm-hmm. you know, or call a timeout. When he sits down like that, I'm like, oh my god, it's it's over. And it was. Like, holy shit. Literally, the New York Jets, the loser of all losers, <laughs> spent hundreds of millions of dollars, or tens of millions of dollars, for someone to play four plays. Four plays. <laughs> he is out for the season. <laughs> There's, I mean, he's he's going to be 40. There's a chance he just won't come back. There is that chance. There, yeah. And, and yeah, he, he got, tore his Achilles. I want to say he got $60 million guaranteed. $60 million so for four plays. $15 million to play. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's the best fucking contract ever. <laughs> uh, so just I will sign up for that in that league. Any time. Four plays. That's it, really. And it'll give me, like, even if I was, like, seriously concussed and I was only going to live another year. Uh-huh. Yes, I'll still take that $60 million. <laughs> I, I just, like, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy, couldn't happen to a nicer team. I love it. I love this story because he's fine. He's going to oh, be fine. Oh, financially, yeah. No, yeah and no physically, worries. he'll rehab yeah, from it. He he's got the best of the best. He can afford Correct. He can afford a new leg if he wants to, like, 
amputate his and add hey, somebody else's you and, know and he can afford you know there's some secret underground like space flights that they take to mars and back <laughs> he can afford one of those and get the new leg there basically from a martian yes <laughs> so i know we took a long amount of time to tell that story it's just it is a quote-unquote bad thing like, it was so fucking but it's incredible it's just one of the funniest things to ever happen in football unless you're a jets fan yeah and i that called tragic i called it right away i was like i was like this is very reminiscent of the 99 jets with benny testaverde and sure as shit that's what they started to talk about i'm like i'm like the jets have been here before i was I'm, like now here they are again <laughs> I, I almost said mini tus- Tuscadero. Tuscadero. Leather Tuscadero. There you go. <laughs> Do you know who Leather Tuscadero is? It's an Abby name, Days reference. Oh. Susie Quattro played Leather Tuscadero, Leather Tuscadero? on Happy Days. <laughs> so, like a character that. Uh, uh, anyway. Well, Pinky Tuscadero's little sister. Mm-hmm. And Fonzie and Pinky were like boyfriend girlfriend briefly. There we go. But she was too famous, so she had to move on. But that's how Aaron Rodgers... Speaking of moving on. (laughs) Yes, sorry. That was just all fun, fun banter. It's just... We are just... As as we are recording so very far ahead, we are just breaking down and losing it as we go. Yes. (laughs) So, um, I had fully intended, fully intended, to have a Scotland-themed script finished by today. I did not <laughs> follow through with this intention. Um, so much for those. I had a puzzle to put together. <laughs> you and, and you did. You finished that. Uh, I, I, finished, can ver- I can verify. I did finish a 2,000 piece puzzle in two weeks. Thank you very much. Um, it's because you see when you have ADHD and potential neurodi- other neurodivergence, um, the more pressure upon you to do things like pack for a two week trip and oh, you know, finish assignments for grad school, the more you hyper-focus on the things you don't need to do, like put together a 2,000-piece puzzle. So, we are going to the lovely well of and library of listener scripts. Thank you. (laughs) I love how you're just like, thank you. (laughs) Thank you all. Thank Thank you you all so much. And some, I mean, some of these, like, I forget if it was this one or the one we're going to do for next week. Um... Like, going back a couple years. So, like I said, it may take us a while to we get to them. We thankfully had a couple of scripts that we sat on for two years, and thankfully the people were still listening. Mm-hmm. So that when we said, oh, we're thinking of doing this, yes. they reached out to us both times and were like, I already did that for you. Yes. So we, we, and we thank you, always. If you are not Stephen, Nicole, or Lee, please feel free to check back in if we haven't yet gotten to a script you did. Again, just to just to make sure we've got it on the list. I actually really don't mind a little nudge because that has happened before when I've been like, oh, I did not have that on the list at all. And that's on me. And it's not your responsibility to do that. But just if you'd like to, that is okay. <clears throat> if you're worried if it will create some drama, it won't. Yes. It'll but, just be like, oh, thank yeah. you for the reminder. But if you're Stephen, Nicole, and Lee... We know we're sitting on scripts of yours. So, <laughs> and that will be the case for Steven always. He's just, he's like old faithful. <laughs> we would, we would not exist without Steven at this point. So, <laughs> um, all right. So we have today the story of the Russian polar expedition of 1900 to 1902. Written by Haley B. Now okay. Haley, uh, you, you put your full last name. If you would like me to refer to your full last name, you let me know. I'm happy to give you full credit. I just want to be on the safe side in sure. case anyone wants privacy. And Haley's pronouns are she and her. Alrighty. For this script, I relied heavily on Wikipedia and a paper by... Will- I, I rely heavily on Wikipedia. <laughs> we well. all do. And a paper by William Barr, written in 1980 for the journal Arctic. Like hmm. the William Barr? Not that William Barr, I'm oh, pretty okay. sure. Well, it's not know. an entirely um, uncommon... William is not an uncommon name. Barr is not a terribly... Un- it doesn't sound... A- if it was like... Um, Abraham Berkowitz or something that might be there might be fewer if it was, of them. If it was Axel Rose. <laughs> There's only one Axel Rose. It's like, wait, that must be his son. <laughs> <laughs> 
This story mainly takes place in the Arctic Ocean above Russia. Like, no thanks. Like, never going there. Like, I can tell you that <laughs> right now. I have provided, and I meant to look this up. This is this is a real, um, shit, this is a real. Like, I just. just, uh, just uh, pro-operation just, we've got going here, but I need, meant to bring up Like, that, that being in the script just makes me feel cold. <laughs> right? Like, it, it really does. Just thinking, I... just thinking about it. It's like, you imagine how fucking cold it is, like, where we're, yeah. I wonder if we have, because, like, with proper equipment, I would not mind going to someplace like the North Pole. Well, no, you can't go to the North Pole. Never mind. Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> I think the North Pole is technically, like, just That's expedition territory. Yeah, that's... But, no, yeah. I wouldn't mind going to Antarctica with full proper gear and guidance, right? Not that I'm that adventurous, but, like, weather-wise, I wouldn't mind it. What would your equivalent be, like, going to the desert? Would you be willing to go to the, like, but we're talking, like, the Sahara or the UAE desert or something? I mean, probably not, because even if, because even if you had the proper equipment in the desert, you could still die. The same thing with a cold climate. Yeah, same with the but I think, But I think your chances, like, modern day, because you can always layer up and layer up and layer up right. in the cold. There's only so much you can do That's in the heat. That's right. That's what I've always said. I mean, said. really. That's what I've always you said. Know. So as long as you get the proper layering in the cold nowadays, you'll pretty much be fine, even on Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the desert, I mean, you never know. There's yeah. There are so many different ways to die in, in heat. Mm -hmm. Also, be careful riding camels. They can they yeah. can buck you. Yeah. Mm. Um, I have provided, <laughs> as the Real Housewives learned... I forget which franchise it was, but on one of them, they went camel riding, and one of them almost got, like, it. Thrown. she was bouncing so badly, she almost fell. Yeah. yeah. She, she had we a Well, we all know that. Yeah. <laughs> I've provided a map for the readers, meaning us, but as this is a podcast medium, listeners are shit out of luck. <laughs> I'm not sure how much of the map will help them anyway, as I couldn't find an English translation, and everything is written in Russian. Good luck and Godspeed. <laughs> Baron Edward von Toll was born in 1858 in modern-day Estonia, which is Eastern Europe. It's over there. <laughs> he graduated. From <laughs> it still exists. I know that. Uh, yes. Estonia is is a is a, a modern-day country as you well. You know that from hockey, don't you? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, or curling. Oh, there you go. Yeah, or both. <laughs> He graduated from college as a zoologist in 1882, but also had passions for geology. <laughs> he sounds like a... Passions for geology. He sounds like a, a really exciting guy. Yes. As your average white guy from the 1800s, he wanted to explore regions of the world previously undiscovered by the white man. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, colonizers be colonizing. Immediately after college, <laughs> I'm not the first person to say that, immediately after college, he set off as a guest on various expeditions around the Arctic Ocean above Russia. During one of these expeditions in 1884, he spotted Santa Land, an island which had been discovered and mapped in 1801. Santa Claus Land? <laughs> it sounded like Sanikov, S-A-N-N-I-K-O-V. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But never explored. Yeah, because it's like well, yeah. negative 50 degrees there, probably. Yep, it's in the Arctic Ocean yeah. above Russia. Yeah. That's <laughs> he, probably why it was never explored. Probably. He became obsessed with searching the island for new discoveries. So in 1893, he went to St. Petersburg Academy of Sciences to convince them to fund an exploration of a possible new sea route to the Bering Strait and the area east of... Tamer Island, one of the new Siberian islands north of the Russian mainland. Mainly, he just wanted to see Senikov land again. The trip was deemed too expensive. Yeah, it would be really pricey, but in 1890, even like cheaply. Well, I mean, it'd be expensive today. Yeah, yes. This is literally, in this time, it's an actual like expedition to get there. There's probably, right. even today, there's probably like a little bit of an expedition. There's probably not like a direct way to get there and this is with well yes of course not a direct way. right but this is with 120 years later technology this is at a time where nobody's ever been there before mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that's true i guess we'll, we'll see it <laughs> maybe 
Yeah. Maybe we'll see an alien spacecraft. We don't even know what that is. <laughs> That's true. We don't like even know what dinosaurs. aliens are. Like our dinosaurs. Like everything is new. There you go. Yeah. Maybe there's a cotton gin if we get there. <laughs> it's in eight, by 1899 <laughs> it was around, right? Yes. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Look, that's like 1860s technology. Way back in the day. Do you know like um, specifically what era that was? Because I don't. Well, uh, I know it was Eli Whitney. That's all I know. Well, the era would have been the Civil War. That would have been the era. Are you that, sure? Yeah. That the cotton gin first became famous? Yeah. No, that was Probably. invented. Yeah, right. Yeah. 1850s, uh, 1860s. Uh, okay. I'm pretty sure. There you go. Anyway. Fact check anyone? <laughs> but in 1899, Nicholas II, the last emperor of Russia, granted permission for the expedition to take place. In response, the ship Zarya was recruited as a proper vessel to explore the extreme north. After getting funding, Toll changed the plans, saying he wanted to spend one winter on the east coast of the Tamer, Tamer Peninsula and the next winter on the Sanikov land. After the second winter, the crew would continue east to the Bering Strait and the Pacific Ocean. This would make Zarya the second ship in history to transverse this route. On June 8th, 1900, Zarya left St. Petersburg, captained by a local pilot, when it started leaking and was repaired. The crew waited in Tromso, where one of the sailors got arrested after a drunken bar fight, and another came down with a venereal disease so bad he was removed from the roster. So sounds, they, about, sounds about right. They really only recruited the best of the best. <laughs> yes, right? they did. Russia's <laughs> not sending their best, are they? Well, if it is their best, it's sad. <laughs> In July, Zarya made it to Tromso, uh, where she was loaded with 60 sled dogs, two mushers, and around 20 crewmen, including Toll. Between July and September 22nd, the ship cruised eastward and explored various islands. On September 22nd, they stopped for wintering in the Bay of Larvik, on the west coast of the Tamer Peninsula. I imagine wintering means, like, you stop Winterize. because you can't... Well, oh. what I took that to mean was winterizing the actual vessel. Oh, I like, took that to mean as like we can't go any farther because it's too cold. So we wait out the winter. Well, let's read on. If you're paying attention, this deviated from the plan. Well, clearly I was not paying attention. <laughs> I <couldn't laughs> told you that. But uh, since they were supposed to winter east of the peninsula. Ah, peninsula. Many historians regard this as one of the first mistakes that was made during this two-year journey. Since Toll wasn't where he wanted to be by ship, he decided to make it to East Tamer by dog sled through the tundra by spring of 1901. First, he had set up a resupply station. He left Zarya with Alexander Kolchak, a young researcher and lieutenant in the Navy, along with two other crewmen. The group was able to move for three to four hours today in temperatures as low as negative 30 degrees Celsius yeah. or negative 22 oh Fahrenheit my God. Yeah. outside the tent. I have felt wind chills close to that. Sure. Or if not exceeding that, you probably have too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Not, not actual yeah, absolute temperatures. At least once or twice a year where I grew up, we had a, uh, a wind chill advisory, as yes. they called it. Mm-hmm. Which meant it was like every time the wind was blowing, it was like thirty to forty to forty miles an hour on top of it being like zero degrees outside. Yeah. So like if like if you got stranded, like you could get like frostbite really quick. Oh yes. Which is why they put out those advisories. I think I'm. But meant... at this at this time, mm-hmm. nobody has a radio. No. Fucking... <laughs> no advisories coming out. <laughs> They're just like, you think we can make it? They're like, well, did you pack the dried beef? <laughs> yeah, we got that, and like you, know, we have a. A can of something. Let's go for it. We're Russian. We'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> they they had the big fur hats probably still back go. then. I mean those things are warm Cossacks? as hell. Cossacks is that what they're called? I think that's the... what they're called. They're warm as shit. I know that. Yeah. Have you I've ever worn, worn one? one once? Oh, okay. It literally warms up like your entire really? body. I'm, I'm not. Kidding. Well, the Russians would know. But it weighs like twenty pounds. Oh. So you have to have a very sturdy S- neck. Stable neck. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has really strong neck muscles. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, inside the tent, it wasn't much better at negative 20 degrees Celsius or negative 4 degrees Fahrenheit. Fucking nuts, yeah. (laughs) 
Nevertheless, they were able to reach Gaffner Bay on the Tamer Peninsula and drop supplies for the later mission. Let me see if I can... Like, that. that is literally, like, bone-chilling cold, is what you're describing. Yes. Oh, oh, yes. Um, Haley is right. It's all in Russian, so I don't know where everything is. Yeah, but that's, that's the... It's, it's, it's up there. It's north. Yeah. It's very north. Yeah. Looks like there's a looks like there's a pole up there somewhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> One of the poles. Oh, I think think I see a pole. <laughs> Remember in the movie The Santa Claus with Tim Allen? I never saw it. Really? I, I was, never did. It came out in 1995. When I was, I was like gonna say 10. I think it came out when I was in high school. So I was a kid. I was prime age for it. I had it on VHS in one of those puffy. Yeah, the puffy VHS. Cases. Yeah. I never liked those. Um, no, it wasn't. It was in just one of those sleeves that we, where it came from the bottom. Anyway. <laughs> That's, I know it's an important detail, but I remember that in it, there's a lot of, like, tropes of how kids interpret things about Santa Claus. Like, there's the, Twas the Night Before Christmas, there was, um, there, there rose such a clatter, and the kid thought, um, it was a rose such a ladder. So they climbed a ladder that the brand was Rose Suchik. <laughs> anyway. Okay. All right. Um, but they went to the North Pole and there was like a... I could be mistaking this. I, there's like a barber pole and that was the North Pole. Anyway, I could be mistaking the movie. <laughs> ah, Tim, what's his name's best role? Why can I not think of his last name? Thank you. <laughs> Tim Allen's best role. Post-cocaine conviction. Uh. And pre, like, oh my god, sociopath. Yeah, well, right in the middle, right in the sweet spot <laughs> during his prime years. <laughs> <laughs> On the way back, Toll spotted reindeer moving south. He yeah, took, which is probably not a good sign. If the reindeer can't even take the cold, <laughs> yeah. got a problem. He took this as a good sign that Sanikov oh. Land was somewhere north of the herd. How he jumped to that conclusion is beyond me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He what? literally jumped to it. Yeah, right. He's like, my brain is half frozen right now. This makes sense. This makes sense, exactly. Once the group returned to Zarya, the polar night set in. Oh, okay, so they are, they are like, settling in for the, the right. winter. Because polar night is, like, there's no daytime. But as a, right, but on top of that, that means the temperatures probably even get mm-hmm. cooler. Well, because there's literally no sunlight, so ever. As, yeah, as if it wasn't, like, a struggle before this. Right. So, now we're getting to... No, it's just going to be cold and dark all the time. Just every every moment. <laughs> <laughs> a meteorological station was set up on the ice outside the ship, with the men working 24-hour shifts to report data. During this harsh, harsh winter, four men developed scurvy. <laughs> oh, yeah. But the doctor on board, Dr. Walter was able to get them back on track. Probably lemon juice, let me guess. Being cooped up with a Ga- bunch... Gatorade. <laughs> yeah. Gatorade thirst cleanser. It, it, it is thirsty, even in 1900, or yes. what, whenever we're talking about. Yes, you know that... Literally uh, wouldn't be invented for like another 70 years. I don't even know if the University of Florida was invented. <laughs> no, it probably was around back then. Uh, being cooped up with a bunch of people, plus 60 dogs... Took a toll on the crew, and a few wrote resignation letters to toll. Where were you going to go? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. However, no one abandoned the mission because like, you had right. nowhere to go. It's like, it's like, all right, like, well. Go we'll, ahead. We'll see ya. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> it's like, a bus isn't even picking you up in, in this time. Like, no. like. <laughs> no, you're not getting out you're of there. You're literally, like, walking. Like, really, you're in the middle of the hard part, and, you can, and you're not <laughs> you getting out of it, yeah, so... Yeah, you gotta, you just gotta hang in there with, with the fellows. Yeah, basically. No matter what. Meanwhile, Toll almost got two men killed by sending them into a snowstorm three different times to survey a river he thought was nearby. That's when it's like, he, this guy must hate us. <laughs> he must hate us. <laughs> and he's also like, like, I think there's a river over there. <laughs> you guys want to go check it out? <laughs> Even better, did he send the pair with a map? Nope. Yeah. And like, what if there was a river? What what would that have done? Like, was there a it was boat? It frozen, yeah, barely. Like, <laughs> Just to map it, because they're mapping stuff, remember? Yeah. Um. So these guys got lost, traveled over eight, <coughs> excuse me, 800 kilometers, or That's, around 500 miles. That was insane. 
found a different river, and returned in May of 1901. <laughs> Two of the sled dogs all had died on the return trip, yeah. and one of the men had extremely frostbitten hands. Yeah. My goodness. But if that, I mean, that is the best possible outcome. Yes! Of what they just went through. A couple of dead sled dogs, and somebody with who probably now no longer has the use of their hands. Mm-hmm. That was the best case scenario Jesus. <laughs> for, for what they were doing. Right, uh huh. On the 23rd of February, 1901, Toll sent Fyodor Matheson. Why don't you just call him Fred Matheson? Because we're not American. Fyodor Matheson. <laughs> there we go. A lieutenant and explorer of the Arctic, along with a partner to survey the north of the ship. The pair reached various islands but failed to discover anything new. Toll was dissatisfied. This guy's kind of a tyrant. So he sent Matheson off again, this time with a new partner. On this trip, Matheson mapped two new islands, so Toll was pleased. He probably just made that shit up. At this point, if this guy's I mean, just, like, yeah. making you go out on multiple trips until you discover something, you just make shit up. Well, yeah, I found a green rock. Yeah, <laughs> Sure, there was, like, an island that we saw, and we measured it, yeah. and it's You wouldn't this even have to feet. have gone that far. Like, you just had to have known how to build, like, a lean-to, and mm. you'd, you'd have been fine. I, like, seriously, that's what I would have done. I would have, like, made <laughs> yeah. shit up. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, you're discovering shit that nobody, like... No, he's not going to know the difference. Everything is a discovery. Exactly. <laughs> There's snow over there. <laughs> We saw a mountain and a tree. <laughs> yeah. And Several of them. reindeer heading south again. It was it was sublime. What you gonna do when the reindeer <laughs> head south on you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, since the crew wasn't performing up to Toll's standards, he decided to take the next trip himself. There you go. Yeah. yeah why don't you yeah. go? Why don't you go yeah. look? Yep, yep, yep. Along with Kolchak and two mushers, he set off on the exploration of the east of the Tamer Potent Peninsula he had planned that resupply station for. However, for whatever reason, Toll didn't take dogs on this trip. So they had to haul their own supplies. So he took the mushers, but no dogs. I mean, okay. That's like, I'm going to bring the jockeys. But none of the horses. He's like, you know what? He was like, you know what? I'm going to try to make this harder on myself than it already is. Yeah. Like, I will just, yeah. I'll... And I'll take two people who are known for a skill of driving and make them walk. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. They located the cache at Gaffner Bay, marked with a ski pole with an axe secured at the top. Seems very suspicious. This cache contained enough food for four men and 12 dogs for a month. The only problem was that it was covered by eight meters or 26 feet of snow. (laughs) The men dug for a week, then gave up, decided to just survey the area around the day. I'm surprised they they hung in there for, for a whole week before they gave up. I it's only because of Toll. Right, that guy you yeah. know was the... You say, I would have given up way before that. And they returned to Zarya after 41 days away from the ship. If I were any of the crew members, I'd have been like, uh-uh, you didn't do what you said you were uh, going to do. Go back out, uh, Toll. You sent the other guy out. We're just going to tell him that there's a magical wall here. <laughs> and he'll have to believe us. Otherwise, we can just tell him, well, go find out for yourself. Exactly. That there isn't a magical wall. <laughs> Kolchak's next mission didn't go too well either. This trip really is a series of bad things. And this time he wasn't even that far from the ship. When he and Alexei Bialinitsky Berulia, Berulia, yeah, a zoologist, tried lowering a dredge into the water through a crack in the ice, they were surprised by an angry polar bear. You do oh not God, want no. to encounter a polar bear. No. Ever. They're they're all cute in the Coca-Cola commercials, but not in real life. They're actual they are like, bears. They are like the apex predator. They're like, they're like the apex predator of the apex predators. Which with clear hair of yeah. all things, yes, mm-hmm. yes. They're like the um, the one guy in Fargo, the Nordic. 
fella in the Fargo. Fella. The, the villain the fella? Who, who would chip. Fe- the big fella. The big fella in, in Fargo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peter, Peter Stormare. That's it. I believe was the actor's name. A sled dog distracted the bear while the men were able to get back to their camp and grab their rifles. Once Cesaria could get out of the ice, she ventured to the tip of the Tamer Peninsula. Kolchak left the ship via kayak to take latitude and longitude readings on the shore. Toll followed him in another kayak, which was almost overturned by a surfacing walrus. Yeah. And you also have to think, too, like, like where we are at this period of time and where we are on Earth, these animals have probably never encountered a human being and, and vice versa. Like well, nobody, sure, and they rarely do. Still, <laughs> right. So yeah. they're just kind of used to hanging out, walrusing, or you know, <laughs> you know. What were you doing, walrusing? I was, I was, I was a, being a walrusai. <laughs> I believe that's plural. Walrusies. <laughs> walrusies. But uh, like, yeah, like you don't ever want to come across a polar bear. No, just ever. Be okay not encountering a walrus in the wild either that too because they're quite large i i mean i'd put them up there with like crocodiles and you know things that just you don't never want to see even the sea lines in san, san diego are a little intimidating you don't want to get too close I, to them <laughs> I, I didn't feel that way really no. well we didn't get too close to them no at all I ruined a pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to say we got close enough. <laughs> we did get close enough for that. After this point, the crew were officially in uncharted wa- uncharted waters and told directed the ship to Sanikov land. A storm came along in August, causing major fog. The ship came upon Bennett Island with Toll sorely disappointed. This man... He wrote that they could have passed Sanikov land ten times, but would have never seen it due to the fog. By September 5th, 1901, the ship docked to winter on the east of the Tamar Peninsula, where they are supposed to go originally. They set up a similar meteorological station as they did the first winter, but this time, Toll decided to go easy on the men and told them they could do 12-hour data recording shifts instead of 24 hours. Yeah, Throughout the winter, Toll wrote of his disappointment regarding Sanikov land. Thoroughly depressed, things only got worse when Dr. Walter died of a heart attack. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, it was bound to happen. To that, it, that is very demoralizing when your physician yeah, dies prob- of a heart attack. Probably. Yeah. But still, you know, the show must go on. <laughs> on April 29th, 1902... Birulia, with the help of three Yakuts, indigenous indigenous people native to Siberia and the extreme north of Russia, departed the ship to explore Bennett Island and other new Siberian islands. After dinner on June June 5th, 1902, Toll left the ship with three dog sleds, astronomer F.G. Zeberg and Yakuts Nikolai Dyakonov and Vasily Gorokov to find Sanikov land. At the time, the temperature was between negative 18 and negative 25 degrees Celsius, or between zero and negative 13 degrees Fahrenheit. Gorgeous. <laughs> just just exactly, balmy weather. Exactly what you want. Toll left a letter with Matteson to, uh, quote, to be opened if the expedition will be deprived of its ship and will return to the mainland without me or in the event of my death, end quote. If that ship is returning to the mainland without you, you are dead, sir. Yeah, yeah. And even <laughs> and even those people, there's a good chance that they might still die, and they're still mm-hmm. on the ship. Mm-hmm. And you're just out and, like, just... This whole thing is a death mission. <laughs> yes. Toll left the ship to Matteson, telling him to pick his group up on Bennett Island in a few months' time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pick us up in a few months. Did you guys bring provisions for a couple of months? You did. Great. That's when we'll be back. (laughs) You know, (laughs) in some months. Yeah, just a couple of months. And if if we don't, then you'll probably be dead by then. Yeah, we'll all be dead, so it's okay. That's all good. Toll left the ship to Matteson. You guys got matches, right? (laughs) Book of matches? Telling him to pick his group up on Bennett Island. Oh, I already said that in a few months' time. Sorry. On July 1st, with the help of some explosives, Zarya was freed from the ice and set sail to Bennett Island. 
Madison thought he wouldn't be able to make it to the island and instead reached the new Siberian islands to rescue Berulia's group. Unfortunately, he was right. The ship was running low on coal, and if they kept going either way, they would not be able to return to the mainland. Yeah. Madison had no choice but to abandon Toll's group and Berulia's group and return to mainland Russia. So they just had to, like, straight up abandon them. Yeah, just Jeez. ditch it. Yeah. Which, I mean, let's, I mean, given the circumstances. Like, if if it's like either everybody dies or some people die, like, that's... You gotta go with some the people. breaks, yeah. Once the ship docked, word was sent to the Academy of Sciences, who sent out a rescue ship accompanied by Madison. Kolchak took it upon himself to travel by dog sled to hopefully find Toll and his companions. He was able to find a hut that Toll had used, along with 30 shotgun shells, three bear skins, and several notes inside a bottle. That is all terrifying things to find. It is. The notes from Toll described having plenty of supplies for their journey once arriving at Bennett Island on July 12th, 1902. He also noted the massive reindeer presence, but noted that they were waiting on Zarya for provisions instead of engaging in food preservation. Why would they do that? I would be like, you got to be proactive uh, on that front. Pretty much. And I'm a vegan. <laughs> yes. Ah, so I would not be in this position in the first place, but you know. Correct. Kolchak theorized that once Toll realized that Zarya wasn't coming, the reindeer had already migrated south. There you go, because you'd already observed that. Leaving Toll without substantial food. Kolchak failed to find evidence of the men on Bennett Island. Elsewhere, he discovered a cairn built by the troop with another letter in a bottle. How did they get have so many bottles? I, they have a lot of... Yeah. I guess... Um, I, I can't come up with a good joke about Sting for, or the police for message in a bottle, but you know. That's they were sending we're, out an SOS. That's where we were headed. Yes. <laughs> Here's the punchline. Yes. <laughs> it was dated for October 26, 1902, saying they were heading south. All the men were healthy and they had provisions to last at least another two weeks. This was the last record of Tol, Zeberg, Diakonov, and Gorokov. Official searches ended in 1904. What are the cats doing? What was that noise? Sure. Don't do anything you shouldn't do. I'm sure that will help. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. But the Academy of Sciences offered a reward of 5,000 rubles for finding the men, or 2,500 rubles for proof of traces of them. No one came forward for the reward, and the men were declared dead in December 1904. You might be wondering, what happened to that other group that was supposed to explore Bennett Island? They arrived at the mainland in 1903, healthy and unharmed, with no testimony as to where Toll's group was. Haven't seen them. (laughs) I wonder. (laughs) How desperate for food were you? (laughs) There was another group out there? Are you sure? (laughs) Toll most likely lost his life searching for Sanikov land. When did someone finally explore Sanikov land? Never. Because the island doesn't exist. Oh, oh my God. God. Most say it was a mirage of Bennett oh, wow. Island. Others say it may have been an island but was ultimately lost to coastal erosion. Nowadays, Sanikov land is considered a phantom island. I've heard of this. It's so fascinating, the idea of phantom islands. An island which was included on maps for a period of time, but was later found not to exist. Just never, yeah, just, yeah. What a bummer. And that was the story of the doomed Russian polar expedition of 1900. Oh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> never heard of that. That's, Phantom Islands are really interesting to me. The idea that, like, people in one time claim to have seen an island, and then, like, nobody can ever find it again. It's like, did it ever exist? Because nobody ever found them again. Well, that could be part of it. But also, like, sometimes there is record of there being an island, but then it not being found ever again. Yeah, this is just, yeah. I mean, explore of it. I know. I I do not have the spirit of an explorer. (laughs) Airships kind of exist at this time. And they're they're initially used for that kind of stuff for... Uh Aerial uh, observation. Correct. You know, and, and 
But you're I, not flying an airship in Arctic, mm, Arctica. Arctica. I, believe, <laughs> I believe we did an episode way long ago where somebody tried. And it, it, an airship in Antarctica? Yes. Or not Antarctica, uh, the North Pole, I believe is where it is. Oh, yeah. I kind of yeah, remember that. Yeah. It's uh, episode 327. It's a little tricky to remember. Yeah, but, it was, yeah. It was many episodes It's ago. ringing a small bell. Yes. But exploring Earth is still dangerous today. Yes. Given all the technology we have. Mm -hmm. Exploring Earth in 1900. Not just Earth, exploring (laughs) extreme climate Earth. Well, that's the thing. Nobody, you didn't have the the clothing for it, or Mm -hmm. the fabrics, or the... They did not have dry fit, or um, the micro fleece, or whatever. No. No. And you didn't... you didn't have like a quick setup tent like you had like no. maybe I'll find some sticks and a blanket when I'm when I'm out there. <laughs> no, you know what they had? They had bathing suits like the ones we saw on display in Virginia <laughs> yes, Beach, like that's right. cotton that's right. bathing costumes. You know. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, being a human just gets better generally overall. Every well, year, for the most it depends part. on how you look. <laughs> it does. We have the internet now. Yeah. That was a major as far as the technology goes. Yeah. That's that's how I meant to say. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, mm-hmm. This was not an era of technology. Well, it well it was. But yeah. Somebody had to go. Yeah. It was somebody much had different. to go through this to, mm-hmm. you know, to uh, prove that it was a problem. I guess. <laughs> prove that they, that they could. Uh huh. Yeah. And then maybe shouldn't. Yeah. But anyway, well, thank you very much, Haley. Yes, that thank was, you. That was a very interesting story. <laughs> yes, to say the least, very interesting and and just yeah. I very much enjoyed just uh, existing in uh, 2023. Yes. <laughs> much better. Much safer. Yes. <laughs> Except for the gun violence in America. Well, and a lot of other things. But, you know. But, you know, whatever. We're not getting eaten by polar bears, so Correct. there's that. So that was the Russian Polar Expedition of 1900 to 1902, written by Haley B. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week.